Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we're kicking it again this time, of course, as always, focusing on your Pittsburgh Steelers, but the craziness that is surrounding the AFC North, well, also the AFC in general, but the AFC North division that the Steelers partake in and really when it comes to making the playoffs the most easiest way to do that is by winning your division the Steelers right now kind of seem to be a little bit behind the eight ball every team in this division has been aggressive this offseason we started off by laughing at the Browns all of a sudden they land Deshaun Watson who knows what will go down with him suspension wise or what the next season will look like but Right now, the Browns are a real threat to win the division. The Cincinnati Bengals went to the dang Super Bowl last year, and their weakest position group, their offensive line, they have spent big-time money on it, including Lyle Collins, what, Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa, I believe the three names are, that they brought in the fold there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they are going to be a better team as well. The Baltimore Ravens have uh, added guys like uh, Williams, the safety formerly of the Saints. Um, They're getting healthy again. They are going to be a better team. The Steelers, yes, they have been making moves, but as you sit here today, the Steelers clearly have the worst quarterback in the division. I, I... Hey, trust me, I'm excited about Mitch Trubisky. I think he can do some things, some positive things for this team. I think he can be better than he was in Chicago and in Buffalo. But even then, I I think his ceiling doesn't scratch what uh, we can see out of Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. Yes, those names are some pretty scary ones. You you got an MVP, a a couple pro bowlers, and a a rising star, Joe Burrow, what, all around the age of 26 or younger, if I'm not mistaken. This division is young at the quarterback position, and the Steelers are a little bit behind. That is still okay to a degree. If you want to win this division, I still think there's possibilities, but... The name of today's show, the name of the game is, do the Steelers try to keep pace with the rest of the division? Do they take a seat? Do they take a step back? Take a seat and just watch the other teams uh, have a couple boom years while the Steelers themselves try to acquire picks or uh, try to build for the future? Or do they stay aggressive? Try to utilize the primes of T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, as well as many other players that they've acquired over the years. I can tell you right now for certain the Steelers are not a team that folds their tent. So, in that sense, I have a hard time believing the Pittsburgh Steelers are just going to sit there and let the other teams of the AFC North run away from them, even though, as we sit here right now, they're pretty clearly the fourth seed in the North. I think we can all agree on that, no matter how unfortunate it sounds. There's just more talent around this division. The Steelers have had a really good offseason to date, but I still think they can make some more moves. Their cornerback room of Akella Witherspoon, which, time of recording, still isn't official, which is a little weird, and Levi Wallace, um, as well as, uh, what, Cam Sutton, James Pierre, uh, Arthur Mollette, uh, as well as others. Um, is, is that going to slow down 
Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? I don't know. Is it going to slow down Amari Cooper? I don't know. It's just, as we sit here right now, I don't know if the corners are enough. The Steelers front seven, uh, they've put together another pretty nice looking front seven. Miles Jack and Devin Bush in the middle look look to be a, a definite upgrade from the linebacking core of last year. Uh, T.J. Watt is still a, a beast. We don't need to say anything more about him. Cam Hayward is coming back after another career year as he ages like a fine wine. It looks like Tuit and Alu-Alu are going to be back healthy this year, uh, as long as I guess we all kind of hope they are going to be. Uh, and if they can return to form, this D-line is going to be right back into one of the better defensive lines across the league. Alex Highsmith is still developing. That's all great. Moving back, though, the safety position is becoming an issue. Minka Fitzpatrick is not an issue. Let's get that out of the way real quick here. That is no problem whatsoever. But when you go to try to cover these great offenses across the division, to me, you need to have big-time talent on defense. And the Steelers do have that to a degree sprinkled throughout their front seven. I don't think their DBs have much of it aside from Minka Fitzpatrick. You have some okay corners. I don't mind Wallace and Witherspoon. Like, I think they're going to be fine duo, but I don't think they're going to be great. And that might be a bit of an issue when you look at the names across this division. I know I've said it a few times, but this team needs to get better. I don't think having a rookie starting at strong safety is the answer. And, well, having Terrell Edmonds back is definitely a recipe that the Steelers can mix up and have some success with. I still think they need an upgrade because they don't have the superstar at the corner spot. I've been talking about Tyron Matthew. I've written about it. I've done podcasts on it. He's still available. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, go out and get him. Make your team better. Make your team be able to keep games low scoring and win against these teams with high-powered offenses. The Steelers need to be the one team in the division that builds one of the elite defenses of the NFL. I think that's their true key. Every other team in the AFC North is just building like these offensive arsenals that are just going to score at will, and that is fine. That is fine. Let them do that. Sure, the Steelers aren't going to be that team as an offense. They they just aren't with, with the names they have right now. But as you look at it, those teams can prepare to just go score for score with the other teams of the division, the Bengals and the Browns, or the Bengals and the Ravens, or the Browns and the Ravens, what have you. They can go score for score, but if they go into Pittsburgh and face a buzzsaw defense, can they respond to the adversity of trying to win a 17-14 game? Can a high-powered offense that is struggling to move the ball get out of a funk and win a game 13-10? To me, that's what the Steelers need to do here. They need to get ugly. They need to play football like it's 2005 all over again. They need to keep games within 20 points. That's kind of been a theme the last couple years of this Ben Roethlisberger era. This is something we've talked about a lot. And this defense has slowly lost talent since, what, that 2018 season when Ben Roethlisberger originally hurt his elbow? Excuse me, I believe that was 2019. Remember, that defense still had Javon Hargrave. Uh, Toot was an animal. Cam Hayward. Uh, Alu Alu was a backup. Bud Dupree was finally starting to ramp things up. Uh, Devin Bush had his best career year. Minka Fitzpatrick just got to town. Joe Hayden was still young. Steven Nelson was a, a, a beast. His best season on the Steelers. The Steelers' defense was unbelievable. I didn't even mention Mike Hilton. That 2018 Steelers' defense was unbelievable. Their offense, because of the injuries to Big Ben and some miscues at the receiver position, they fell apart. Now, 
slowly over time, I, I will say it's been pretty obvious that the Steelers' offense has gotten better. Najee Harris is better than uh, what the the shell of James Conner, who was playing injured all season long that year, and Benny Snell and all these other guys that are now Najee Harris's backup. Pat Farmuth is better than any tight end that was on the roster that season. Uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are better than what rookie Deontay gave the Steelers and what. Uh, what, Dante Moncrief and an injured Juju Smith-Schuster gave that team that year? The Steelers' offense is still better, but because of their financial situation, they can build a defense that is not quite as good as that 2018 unit, which teetered on one of the elite units in all of sport, but a pretty dang good one. They can still put that together. You bring in a Tyron Matthew, and you draft the corner with one of your high picks. That corner hits... My goodness, this this defense is going to be absolutely terrifying. If you're able to move Levi Wallace to the slot, which is probably his better position. I know he started on the outside almost exclusively for the Bills last year. But if you can move him in because you found a stud corner that can start opposite of uh, Akella Witherspoon, yeah, that's huge. And then if you can have two guys that can roam the, the back half of your, your field, like Fitzpatrick and Tyron Matthew could... Teams would be terrified to throw the ball over the top. That, that's just a, a defensive unit that could strike fear in the hearts of any team across this league. And, and honestly, I think it's a move. But both moves are things the Steelers should consider if they want to keep pace. It's the theme of the show. If you want to keep pace with the rest of this division, you have to do it in different ways. Because as we sit here today... You're not going to be that offensive juggernaut that the Browns are, that the Bengals are, that the Ravens are trying to be. Yes, that is a dig on the Ravens because they still struggle to find receivers. It's just what you need to do. The Steelers need to zag here when everyone else is zigging. They just need to do create the elite unit that isn't the one that everyone else is trying to put on the field and become a new challenge that every team is going to have to prepare for differently when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers as opposed to these other flashy high-powered offenses. The Steelers, yes, still need to put up some points. We can break that down a little bit more in the second half of the show, but if they want to keep pace... The most important thing here is building that elite defense. If Jordan Davis, that D-tackle out of Georgia, is available with the 20th pick, it seems like Mike Tallman is in love with that prospect. They take him. That, hey, that's great. That improves your your run defense. That gives you that big-time nose tackle that allows uh, Tuit and Alualu to rotate uh, potentially a little bit and, and not have to feel a, a huge loss um, with either of them not on the field. The Steelers can be better just by making their defense better. This is the huge key to this upcoming season, and I hope it's something the Steelers are able to uh, follow through on. So we'll get back uh, with more of this uh, topic in the second half of today's show. You're listening to Live Mike, and we'll be back in just a moment.
Steel fans. It is time for the second half of the Live Mike podcast. If you enjoy the content you're getting here today and you want to chat more with me about it, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. Uh, as always, this time of the year is one of my favorite times um, in the off season. Of course, actual football is what really matters, but... When it comes to breaking down player personnel, all these moves, all these things that can make a team better, that's right up my alley playing fantasy, or I guess quarter, armchair general manager, I guess is what you'd want to call it. But uh, if you like uh, opinions like that, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. And while you're on there, on the, the Blue Bird app, might as well follow behind the Steel Curtain as well. That is at BT Steel Curtain. Um, of course, uh, you can uh, get... All the stories, podcasts, and much more from the uh, the following the page at behindthesteelcurtain.com. Now, continuing on with today's show and the Steelers keeping pace, the question's kind of come up, what, what should the team do offensively? Obviously, right now as we sit here, Mitch Trubisky is probably going to be the starter. Uh, Mason Rudolph's probably going to be your backup. And I imagine Dwayne Haskins will be the number three unless the Steelers were to draft someone within the top probably two rounds. I, I can't see the Steelers taking a third round pick uh, and adding them to the mix. Third round or later, I should say. It just really doesn't make much sense. But um, if there's a rookie, that rookie probably gets a redshirt year. Um Aside from that, I, I just don't really see uh, too many surprises coming down in the quarterback room. But what that means is Steelers offense is going to be led by the weakest quarterback play in the division. And that's not going to improve this year. Even if they do take one of these rookies in this class, as we've discussed multiple times, it is a weak quarterback class. You're not going to find that franchise guy surefire pick. It's just not there this year. There could be someone that develops into that piece, but at this point, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. It could be someone that comes out of the sixth round. Could be could be a first-round pick. Could be a third-rounder. Usually, you have some sort of idea what a quarterback is going to turn into in the NFL, but this year, it is a, a toss in the dark, to say the least. So... This year, the Steelers quarterback position isn't going to be on par of the Deshaun Watsons, your Joe Burrows, or your Lamar Jacksons. That's just a fact of the matter. I still think, like I mentioned in the first half, Mitch Trubisky plays better than I think a lot of people will expect him to. He seems motivated. He seems excited to play in the scheme. And I think that does play dividends in a player's success on the field. So... I think Trubisky will be better, but regardless, I don't think it is going to matter too much. And yes, that is unfortunate, but the Steelers can still win by other means. One of the things the Steelers need to do, of course, is focus on that running game. And Najee Harris is going to spearhead this offense. But with it, he is going to take a ton of touches, which also means he's going to take a ton of hits. Another thing the Steelers need to do this offseason is to find a true running mate for Najee Harris because I don't think any of us think Benny Snell is the answer or Kalen Balazs, and as we saw last year, Anthony McFarland just ended up on that healthy scratch list and never developed in the piece we thought he was going to be. This was just an unfortunate circumstance, but when you take running backs in the mid-rounds, that's kind of what happens. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't, but... The fact of the matter is you can find running backs just about anywhere. Look at the Chiefs, what they did with Jarek McKinnon last year. They are able to get him on the team for less than veteran minimum money because they signed him midseason. They only paid him like 500 k to be one of the better running backs throughout the playoffs. It's just one of those things that was mind-blowing, really, for a team to bring in a veteran along those lines. But think about all the teams that find success through undrafted free agency or mid-to-late round draft picks. Or wherever you may find a running back, you can find guys cheap 
cheap guys to come in and give you more than what the Steelers are currently getting from their backup. So to keep pace with this division, I think a huge key here is to find that number two back uh, that can spell Najee Harris and can actually do stuff like I kind of recall D'Angelo Williams being the best example and a Steelers example being the guy that lined up behind Le'Veon Bell. There was a time when Le'Veon Bell was suspended that D'Angelo Williams, I do believe, was the leading rusher in the NFL. And he's a Steelers backup running back through like four or five weeks of the season. That's the kind of caliber of player you hope for. You don't necessarily need to spend that amount of money or hope for that kind of output. That, That was just really good timing and a good move by the Steelers. But... You need to find someone that can at least push the ball down the field, unlike what they're getting out of Snell, Balazs, McFarlane, etc. The offensive line, of course, is also, uh, to a degree, a work in progress, but taking a step in the right direction. Of course, James Daniels and Mason Cole are upgrades along that offensive line. You hope Kevin Dotson can be in better shape this year, and Dan Moore Jr. takes that next step. Really, the biggest question mark here with Zach Banner now gone from the team and Chooks Okorafor getting that big-time extension, which effectively is a one-year prove-it deal with a bunch of cash strapped on the back end of that, is whether or not Chooks can uh, thrive in this new system. I'm not sure the Steelers' tackle play is going to be much better than what we've seen in recent years, so to a degree, I'm kind of still hopeful that they'll add to the position. I, I don't know if that will actually play out that way, but once again, hopeful that something does come about because opening up those run lanes are exactly what these running backs need. This offensive line, yes, is better than what it was last year, but there still is room to improve. Right now, as we sit here, I'd be lying to you if I told you I I believe this unit is a top 10 unit in football. I don't even know if they're like a middle, like 20 to 10 ranked team. They're not, they're definitely not the worst offensive line in football anymore, but they still are not one of these strong units across this, this NFL right now. Currently, it's just one of those things that the Steelers need to focus on and of course, they spent big-time money on it. James Daniels is a definite improvement. Mason Cole can do some things, but I hope that Steelers aren't just uh, okay with sitting back and letting some big-time draft prospects pass them by because they signed these guys. The Steelers still need to improve this group, and I think the options to improve it are still available. Tight end-wise, I think the Steelers are fine. You got Pat Fryermuth. He's arguably the most athletic tight end the Steelers have ever seen and is someone that can put up major numbers in the receiving game and until the Steelers add some more receivers which we'll get to don't worry I think is going to play Pat Farmute that is is going to play a massive role in this offense and could be commanding a ton of touches because as I mentioned just a couple seconds ago the Steelers only have two receivers two legitimate receivers on the roster right now just think of it what last year they came into the year with five or six it's just like it doesn't make any sense why the Steelers have not addressed the position at all in a free agency. Like right now, as we sit here heading towards the draft, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect them to take at least two receivers in the draft and then probably sign a number of undrafted guys and maybe sign a vet thereafter before training camp. They are just so far behind the eight ball at the receiver position. Yes, Deontay Johnson managed to make his first career pro bowl. Uh, Chase Claypool took a, a second year slump. So, Right now, it's what are you going to expect from this team? Are you, these receivers, really. Is Deontay Johnson going to be that Pro Bowl guy that looks like a number one receiver? Or is he going to be the guy that drops the football in the crucial moments like we saw even at the end of this last season against the Chiefs in that playoff game? And then what version of Chase Claypool are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy that scores four touchdowns against the Eagles? Or the guy that jumps up for balls and falls on his back and, and doesn't catch them and struggled mightily throughout this entire 2021 season? 
that's there's still questions remaining on the two guys that they have on the roster. Sure, they they added that uh, kick returner from the Patriots, Gunner something or other. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name in the kajillion letters that <laughs> follow that. But he's not a receiver. He's like seven career receptions in three years. He, he's not going to step on the field and and give you anything. The Steelers need to do more at the receiving position. And once again, when it comes to keeping pace, the rest of the division is going to start loading up on defensive backs because they got to slow down the Bengals receiving core. They got three absolute studs running up and down the field, and right now they're all on the rookie deals, aside from Boyd, I think. So they're still all extremely cheap. The Steelers, if they go into the season with lackluster receiver play, they're just going to be eaten alive by these corners that the rest of the division are going to have to bring in to compete with the Bengals. So the Steelers need to get better receivers. And not just to compete with the corners, but to give Mitch Trubisky something. If you want this guy to be successful, we've already talked about him being the worst quarterback in the division. And once again, like it's a, just a fair statement. But if you want this poor guy to have any sort of success, get him some guys that can go out and catch the football. Yeah, there's still some receivers in free agency. It, like It'd be nice if the Steelers were to bring one of these guys in uh, just to at least go into the draft with three receivers. Because if they go into the draft with the receiving core the way it looks right now, everyone and their mother knows they're going to take multiple receivers within the first round, uh, within the first four picks. Like, really, right now, it seems most likely that their first-round pick ends up being a receiver because, again, they have two. They need someone that's going to actually play, like, 80% of the snaps. And we know how the Steelers feel about starting rookies. So they're not just going to do that with a fourth-rounder. If they don't add anybody, the Steelers are probably going to take a receiver with their first-round pick. And it doesn't matter how bad they want a quarterback. They just simply need guys that can run routes and do something for Mitch Trubisky. So hopefully they're actually able to go out and do that. And then to wrap things up, I think we should still touch on the special teams positions. Yes, the Steelers got that all-pro kick returner, punt returner, formerly of the Patriots. That's great. Chris Boswell is coming back. Again, amazing. When it comes to Presley Harvin III, you still need to get him some competition because giving teams short fields is not an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I still believe Presley Harvin can develop into what he was meant to be. He had a, a horrendous off-the-field season uh, going through so much tragedy that we've discussed in the past. So hopefully he can he can bounce back from that and actually live up to his, his high potential as a punter in the league, but the Steelers still need to go out and find him competition for training camp. Not talking about drafting someone again, definitely not saying that, but going out in undrafted free agency at the very least and finding the guy some competition to try to uh, drive uh, his play up and get uh, a little bit uh, better uh, competition everywhere on the field. So to kind of recap today's show, the Steelers defensively need to add that superstar strong safety. I am Tyron Matthew. They still need to address probably adding more corners in the draft, probably not for agency, but they need to add to that position because as we sit here right now, I still don't think it's good enough. Potentially a defensive lineman, if uh, you can find the young guy that falls to the team, basically comes down to Jordan Davis. Offensively, look for another tackle if it's possible, but you need to add receivers and you need to add a backup running back to Najee Harris. And once again, you don't have to spend much money, just find the right piece. They are out there cheap and available. So with all that being said, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mike Podcast. Uh, before we let you go, I do want to remind you to listen to the entire network of Behind the Steel Curtain Podcasts 
from uh, Jeff Hart- Hartman's Let's Rides uh, to Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floors, and all this, all the stuff from Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield, and the entire crew of Behind the Steel Curtain. There's a number of podcasts out there for you uh, to get your true fix of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers content, which we know each and every one of you love. Because why are you still listening to the podcast at this point if you don't love the Pittsburgh Steelers? We all know you love the team. So go ahead, uh, subscribe, five stars, thumbs up, whatever, what have you to support the show. If you do that, uh, we're just more able to get you more of that great content. Like I mentioned, you all love and we know you love. Uh, so to sign things off, you've been listening to Live Mike. My name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you guys soon. Peace.